and welcome to the Bloody Bizarre Podcast. Can't remember what episode it is, to be honest. It doesn't matter. I'm Emma. I'm Sarah. And this is a podcast where we just talk about weird stuff. We talk about true crime stuff. And what else? You you fancy supernatural stuff. Sometimes. You're a bit of a bit of a fancier of that. Um, we haven't done any weird diseases yet, but that's something else. Um, I was going to, because uh, it, it was a disease that was like, I was like, "Wow, this it looks so crazy!" And then in researching it, I was like, "That's actually, I understand. It's, it's like normal." normal. Yeah. <laughs> well, you might remember this episode was supposed to be cordyceps. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think we mentioned that in the last episode, or I mentioned that at some point. Yeah. Well, when I went to look into it, it is very, very interesting. But it was like I could fill up half a page. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day we do like a like a roadshow of diseases. And did I say that to you? Like a, a, if we did um, like a mini-sode sort of thing, that it would be fun? Um, hey, you might have. I, it's I, in one ear, out the other with you, you know? Thank you. That's. <laughs> um, we should mention up the top to please rate, review and subscribe if you're enjoying this and also follow us on the socials. And if you're not enjoying it, tell us why over at bloodybazaar at gmail.com, I think it is. I think so. I should also mention up the top that Emma's angry at me tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think good reason. I don't. I, th- yeah. I think you're overreacting and I think you need to just calm down. Um, famously, telling people to calm down does often calm them down. Exactly. So good job with that. Thank you. <laughs> so do you want to tell people why you're angry at me? Um, no. Nah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm just going to get into my story. All right. So um, today I am talking about, have I already told you what I'm doing? No. Okay. I am doing the 1994 Air France hijacking that occurred on Christmas Eve. Okay. Did you know about this? No, I don't think so. I had heard about it once in passing, but because I'd heard so little about it, I, in my head, thought that it was something that, like, um, the plane never took off and it was, like, not a big deal at all. Oh, was I wrong? I have heard like three different hijacking stories, but I don't think they were Air France. But um, as you're telling me, it might I might know what you're talking about. But okay, well, keep you know, guess let's jump in. Yeah. Okay. So um, I also, when I was like halfway through this, I realised that you will be catching a flight on Christmas night. <laughs> oh yeah. So <laughs> it's okay. I'm not. I'm not superstitious. At yeah. All. Yeah. So I apologise. At all that. scared. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> All right, so on Christmas Eve of 1994, Air France Flight 8969 was hijacked by the GIA terrorist group, which was the Armed Islamic Group of Algeria. Mm. The flight was hijacked from Algiers Airport with 232 passengers and crew aboard. Wow. So let's start with a baseline of your knowledge about Algeria. That's so rude. People, I mean, I don't think I need to tell the people why I'm angry. At you. It's just this shit. You know? It's just like my attitude that I, that I put up with day after day. Algeria. I'm gonna. It's like oh. I've got a pop quiz for oh, you. Okay. In what continent is Algeria? Africa. Yes. Okay. Good. If you'd got that wrong, oh, embarrassing. What is the capital city of Algeria? Botswana. Oh, Algiers. Algiers. I'm so good. Is the capital of Algeria. Do you know why I know Algiers is a place? Why? Because on 30 Rock, um, Tracy got that that, um, tattoo of Angie and then he turned it into Algiers, the (laughs) soccer team, of which the mascot is a lion. (laughs) 
Uh, fun fact about Algiers, their <laughs> soccer club's mascot is a lion. <laughs> um, and this one you might not know, which isn't embarrassing. What's the, wi- the most widespread religion in Algeria? Um, I'm going to go with, give me a second, Mormon. No, it's uh, actually Sunni Islam. Oh, okay. With 99% of the population identifying as that. That says that doesn't surprise me. I was gonna guess. Um, was, I was gonna guess Muslim, mm. but then I didn't want to seem ignorant, <laughs> so I went Mormon. Mormon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so much more cultured. Thank you. <laughs> So some other information about Algeria. Its official name is the People's Democratic Republic of Algeria. It's the largest country in Africa, but most people live along the coast as a large part of the country is taken up by the Sahara Desert. It's like Perth. Yeah. Yeah. It's like most of the country is desert, hmm. but they do have... Oh, I mean, WA, not... Um, Algeria was previously a part of the French Empire, but it became a republic in 1962 Apparently, there's still nods to French culture around Algeria. Still nods to French culture. Oh, right. So I think that probably like a lot of the buildings and things like that. Look, French. They have baguettes. Yeah. I don't know if they've got baguettes. They sell croissants on the street. I doubt that. They have little jaunty caps. I think so. They ride around on Vespa. That's Italy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Between 1991 and 1997... Tensions were particularly high in Algeria because basically they were set to have this election. Um, I think the election was supposed to happen in 1992, but it started looking like this um, quite extreme Islamist group was going to win. They were like the the popular sort of, it was looking really likely they were going to win. So they cancelled the election. You can't be doing that. Uh, yeah, and they just like installed the, the government, which they installed a higher council of state to act as the government um, because they were like, nah, we're not having... Yeah. This, who was it that was going to win? Did I write that down? And I was just it's an Islamist group. That sounds like, that action sounds like something that a, a far right group would do, not like, you know, some kind of centre moderate. It does. Um, I, I do wonder if maybe, I should have actually looked into the context a bit more to see like if the, the group that was going to win, if they were like okay or if they were like super. Doesn't sound like they were okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, since this happened. I think you did look um, into it and turns out they were not. <laughs> this is what happened afterwards as a result. So. so tensions were so high actually in 1994 that Air France were relying on crew members volunteering to fly oh this route gosh. because Air France obviously flew to and from Algiers. They didn't just like roster anyone on. They basically said to their flight crew, who's 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 okay to do it who's keen to do this route and it was only those people that could go they also had literally asked the french government do we have to keep flying into algiers right now Mm. and when this all went down they hadn't received a reply from the government yet oh my god who was the prime minister of france at that point in time uh i do have it written down later in the story i just can't bother finding it right now would you know it if i said it what year was this? 1994. I don't think Holland? I don't think you're going to guess <laughs> the French Prime Minister's name of 1994. <laughs> Monsieur Baguette. <laughs> <laughs> so, on Christmas Eve of 1994, four armed men boarded Air France flight 8969, which was headed to Paris. Okay. The men were dressed as Algerian police 
And while two of them went around checking people's passports, one stood guard and the last one entered the cockpit. So at first, it doesn't seem like people were very alarmed because they got on board and were like, Algerian police, we mm-hmm. need to we need to do a check or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking if you were in that scenario, you'd probably be like, oh, somebody's jumped on board and they weren't meant to or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You, would, yeah. you would just assume it was something legit. That would soon change. So one of the more experienced flight attendants, she noticed that these men were heavily armed. They had guns and stuff, but she mm. said, I was pretty sure I saw dynamite. Oh, okay. And she was like, for, it's it's unusual for them to be that heavily armed anyway with the guns. But yeah. then she saw that as well and was like, oh, this ain't right. So at the same time, the um, the flight, the whatever, the people, the officials at the airport were getting a bit sus that the flight hadn't taken off yet. So they were like, what's the hold up? And because of everything that was going on, they were like heightened in their sort of like they were already on high alert. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they surrounded the plane with their military. So these terrorists looked out the window and saw that now the plane was surrounded and they the jig was up. Um, that's that's pretty incredible. That they surrounded the plane? That that all happened, I'm assuming, pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't even think – I don't even know if that would happen today. That, <laughs> that they would surround the plane if there was a delay? No, like, like let's say let's say a plane is, is ready – is, got like, boarding a bunch of terrorists – somehow get past security and dupe everyone um manage to get on the plane and are like we're checking passports let's say the flight attendant cabin crew whoever it may be notices that they have like extra armory and then the flight is delayed because these police in quotes are not taking uh, are taking up time mm. i reckon that that in australia they'd be so lackadaisical about it they'd yeah. be like Ah, uh, you know, like I was thinking that I was like, every flight is delayed. I, yeah. I can't remember the last time I was on a flight that wasn't delayed some amount of time, and some flights are delayed like three hours, and you're just sitting on the tarmac. Like, and this, <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's like even just uh, just such a trust in authority. Like, yeah, you'd just be like, this. I guess this is what they do. Oh, they've got dynamite. I guess it's an airport thing. Like, yeah, maybe they have to blow the the doors off the planes. Like, that's, yeah, that's what my brain would go to. Same. If if yeah. I saw them in like police uniforms, mm-hmm. I would just sit. I'd just chill out. I'd be like, oh yeah, okay. Oh, look like, at that. He's, he's got like, a... I'm the safest I could possibly be. He's got a, a bomb strapped across his chest. That's, that's pretty cool. It's unusual. Oh, I've never seen that before. <laughs> hey, Sarah, look at that. He's got a bomb on his chest. Isn't that cool? Wow. <laughs> We're in rarefied air. <laughs> <laughs> so um these guys basically saw that the they were surrounded yeah and they, they were like what the fuck yeah we are surrounded oh no they're, they're not french no 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 these these are algerians, algerians yeah um so they then revealed that they were not in fact police pulled off their masks they said that Does this they have a sad ending should we be making um, these jokes oh look oh, i'll just i'll just tell you now oh no 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 don't no don't ruin don't it. ruin it's okay. it yeah look it's not um let me, um, let me I'll just say this, it's not as bad as it could have been. So these guys then told everyone on the plane that Mujahideen. Oh, yeah, I know them. Yes, which is Arabic and it means strivers or strugglers, but it's usually used um, in the context of people carrying out jihadi activity uh-huh. because they think that they're, you know, they've got God the on battlers. their side. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to just refer to them as the terrorists or the hijackers all the way through. Yeah. So the terrorists told the people on the plane that their ultimate goal was to establish an Islamic state in Algeria. So like OG Islamic yeah. state. Yeah. 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 Um, these guys were heavily armed. They had Kalashnikovs, machine guns, hand grenades and dynamite sticks. Right. 
they were not fucking around. Um, they insisted that all of the women on the plane cover their hair. Now, do you get to why they were looking at passports? I, is it so they can see the nationalities of people? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely an element of that. Because I'm thinking of another hijacking story I heard, and this is the one, what was it? it? It was either, like I think it was Air India, or it was an Indian plane or Indian flight crew. And um, the hijackers were asking for all the American passports because they were going to kill all the Americans on board. And the flight attendant hid, hid all the American passports. She ended up dying. And she's oh. she's like, hey, what is the heroine of this hijacking situation? I have never heard about this. It's, a, it's a My Favourite Murder episode. Can we, can we like, do this as one of our... It's it's Well, it's already been done as a My Favourite Murder episode. But, yeah, you could... um. Well, I've never heard that one, so I could... Yeah, it's, it's, yeah she's, it's maybe sad. I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll do that one in, our, in next, next season. You can be the, you can, you can be the hijacking... Um... Yeah, actually, I was going to say, um, for people that don't know, I'm a really fearful flyer, but for some reason I always, like, I love um, air crash investigation and all of those shows because I just like to torture myself with all of this stuff. <laughs> they made all the women cover their hair, like... Yep. Yeah, you know, uh, they objected to men and women using the same toilets, and they were even pissed off. Hey, about, I'd, I'd buy into that. <laughs> they were even pissed off about men and women sitting together. So, yeah. quite extreme beliefs, obviously. <laughs> you could, yeah, you could guess that, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. The terrorists were using the captain Bernard Delham. Delham to negotiate with people back at the tower. They first asked that two Islamic Salvation Front leaders who were under house arrest be released. Um, the Minister of the Interior, a man called Abdurrahman, Abder- Abder- cut out the, the bits that I've wrecked, Abdurrahman Mezian Sharif, I think that was okay, asked the terrorists to release children and the elderly if they wanted to negotiate with the government, um, but they didn't. They didn't do that. After a while of them having a bit of a standoff, they do end up later on. Um, so after a while of them having this little standoff against each other, the hijackers dropped their demands about the two Islamic Salvation Front leaders and instead demanded that the pilot take off for France so that they could negotiate there instead and hold a press conference in Paris. Oh, well, they wanted to go on holiday. Yeah. Paris. The boys wanted to go to the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Paris is always a good idea. <laughs> um, sorry, how long were they negotiating for? when they were like um all right don't worry about it um i don't know how long that took embarrassing embarrassing yeah their whole their whole thing is embarrassing embarrassing, they fully failed i'll just tell i'll just tell you that now they fully failed at what they wanted to do often the case with hijackers yeah exactly when has it ever worked i mean the main time oh yeah um all right well let's yeah let's keep going with this so um but the stairs were still attached to the plane and the runway was blocked with vehicles. You mean the um, stair car? Yeah, the stair car. <laughs> it's, it's Michael Bluth. Yeah. <laughs> so their next demand was that the stairs be removed from the plane and they said if this didn't happen, they would blow up the whole plane. Okay, they're like, they're getting desperate now. They're getting mad. They're yeah. like a toddler. They're like, we're going to blow up this whole plane if you don't let us leave. We want to go to Paris. <laughs> yeah. When the Algerian government refused to move the staircase, the hijackers went and got a passenger. This passenger was an Algerian policeman, and I I did look for his name everywhere because the other victims, their names are written down. This guy, I could not find his name. But basically, when they were doing the passport check, they realised this guy was a policeman, and mm-hmm. obviously they were not... Higher value or something? Or well, what? I think it was more that they were sort of anti-government, and oh, sure. yeah, yeah, so yeah. they were pissed off 
this guy already. The people around him remember how scared and reluctant he was to get up. I think that he knew what was going to happen. And a few sources have said that he actually said to them, please don't kill me. I've got, I've got a kid or something like that. I don't know if that's true, if that's just like become bigger than Ben. Yeah. yeah. Um, But it it definitely seems like he was freaked out to get up. Like he was like, um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So they walked him out to where the stair thing was attached, opened the door, shot him in the back of the head and shut the door again. It killed him instantly. Um, So that's something, I guess. And a lot of people on the plane did not even realize that it had happened. So I don't know if the gunshot wasn't that loud or maybe if the plane noise had like blocked it out or something. A lot of people didn't know that someone had been shot. The Algerian government was still not willing to negotiate. And in response, they killed another passenger in quite quick succession and in the same fashion. This next person they chose to kill was an attache for the Vietnamese embassy in Algeria. Mm-hmm. His name was B- Bui Giang. It's always bad. And it seems this man, he wasn't that freaked out. He, what people think is he thought that he was being released because he was a Vietnamese like official. He sort of had no horse in this game. So I think that he thought, Mm oh, oh, they're they're letting me go because I'm not a part of this. Jumps up. Yeah. Well, apparently he was very casual. He'd left his jacket behind. So he walked back and grabbed his jacket which I it gave me a little bit of comfort because I was like, oh, at least he wasn't scared. Like, mm. Because they killed him in the same way. They shot him yeah. in the back of the head at yeah. the top of the stairs. Yeah. My thought is at least in his last moments he wasn't like... Well, I guess we don't know if he was We don't know, but yeah. that's nice to sort of nicer to... Yeah, think I guess about. We, can, we can choose to believe that. Yeah, make you feel better. Um, So behind the scenes, there was a lot of political to and fro happening. The Algerian government believed that this was an Algerian political matter and therefore they should be the ones dealing with it. Mm -hmm. But the French were arguing that it was a French plane. There's a lot of French passengers on board. The plane was set to go to France, so they should deal with it. The French prime minister actually asked the Algerians to allow the plane to take off so that yeah that's insane Mm. I guess it's this is pre 9-11 yeah yeah the French anti-terrorist unit which is known as the GIGN they ended up flying to Mallorca because Mallorca is kind of just off the coast Mm -hmm. of Algeria Mm -hmm. it's like in between and it was basically the closest that they could get without the Algerian government accusing them of interfering so they set set themselves up there and started doing their thing started like doing drills and figuring out what they were going to do if and when they were able to like do something so seven hours in and oh i didn't go through my sources remember two at the end do you want me to just tell you now? There's only three. Okay, sure. Wiki, obviously. Wiki, yeah. I watched a, I don't know if you'd call it a documentary. It was one of those like 90s series. TikTok. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this really in-depth um, TikTok. <laughs> no, it was one of those, you know, like 90s, um, like uh, they'd have kind of like plane crash investigation yeah. style, like documentary series sort of thing. Yeah. This one was called Mayday. And I think I remember Mayday. I've watched a few. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was season two, episode three. And I don't recommend watching the show if you're a fearful flyer because every episode is just like horrific. Yeah. Um, and also a Washington Post article. So they're, they're my only sources. Okay. Right. So seven hours in and according to most, the mood on the plane was tense but not panicked as most of the passengers didn't yet know that two people had been killed. Mm. So most of them were just like a bit like worried mm-hmm. but not 
panicked. Yeah. So um, the next day, Christmas Day, the hijackers allowed some passengers to disembark. They mainly allowed women with young children to leave. That's so rude. Well, I was like what I was saying before. The kids are probably like screaming and getting like the stinky nappies and they're probably like, yeah, get rid of them, take them off, go. Interesting though, they said that um, most of the Algerian passengers could leave. Hmm. But they didn't because they thought that if they left, that the French passengers that were left and the crew were going to get killed. So they stayed in like solidarity. That is so sweet. I know. So brave. Brave. Yeah. Sweet is the wrong word. Brave. Brave. Yeah. yeah, Because um, like they're giving you a free pass. Sweet is so condescending. I didn't mean to say that. (laughs) (laughs) It is sweet though. Very sweet. Like Like on a human level. Yeah. Yeah. Very um, just brave. You know that these people could blow up the whole plane at any minute and you're like nah. you're putting your life at risk very very grave danger mm. just to try and protect mm-hmm. um these strangers, strangers yeah. yeah the ringleader of the hijackers was a guy called abdul abdullah yahia and they actually managed to get his mum on the blower and try like get her to try and talk the some blower sense. is a phone we have a lot of american um listeners you need to stop oh. <laughs> you need to stop <laughs> oh. okay <laughs> on the phone on the telephone on on the on his cell on the cell phone <laughs> i don't think they had no, cell no, no, phones no, no. then no. on the telephone um his mother yeah to try and you know you're in trouble it totally backfired oh shit he got so angry that they did this that he was like they're playing games they're trying to manipulate me it's um, not wrong they were yeah yeah uh so he got real angry and um, through a French passenger on the plane, he relayed the message that if the plane wasn't cleared for takeoff by 9.30 p.m., they would kill one passenger every half hour until it was allowed to take off, starting with the guy who was relaying the message. When 9.30 came and went, the terrorists did kill this man who had relayed this message and they threw his body out of the plane where they had mm-hmm. killed the, the others. Other yeah. uh, his name was Yannick Bunet and he was a chef. The f- classic French profession. I know, I know. But he was a pastry chef. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I know. I, I felt particularly sorry for him because he was obviously sitting there for half an hour. Half an hour, knowing yep. what was going to happen. Yep, seeing yeah. the clock tick down. Yeah. Then they would have taken him out. Like, yeah. I would have just been like, just do it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to sit and wait for you to, yeah. I would have tried to rush one of them, I think. No, well, I, you know. Yeah. It's I could a- talk a big game sitting <laughs> here in your house. Yeah, I thought I thought a lot about what I would do because the the, um, the captain said at one point he did like a walk around of the plane just to it, he said it was night time and he just did a walk around to sort of see how everyone was doing. Most people were asleep. He said two of the terrorists were asleep. One was in the cockpit and there was one that was up the other end. And I was like, because I think he he might have said something or maybe I just thought that he did, but. It, at that moment, surely you'd be like, "All right, I can take that one." Mm. The other two are asleep. Like mm. if somebody, if somebody I'll, I'll, gets, I'll tap one of these sleeping passengers on the shoulder yeah. and be like, "Look, we're doing this right now. Yeah. I need your help." Yeah, we're going to take him. We'll get two people to take these two that are sleeping. But this is also, I don't know how many hijackings have happened. Yeah, at this point in time, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, what what a big threat terrorism is. I. I think it was a big threat. In- we're, we're talking about this post-9-11 world, so yeah. we know how badly wrong it can go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess at, at this point nothing that major had ever happened When was before. it, 1990-something? I think there'd been a, a, uh, hijackings in the 80s. Oh, there'd been hijackings. Yeah. Air France had been um, hijacked before in the 70s. 
Yeah, right. So, but I'm talking about like not nothing on the scale of 9/11. Well, no, no. Um, anyway, so um, the French government were getting more and more upset at this stage. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Uh, the French prime minister ended up saying to the Algerian prime minister that if they didn't let the plane take off. France was going to hold the Algerian government responsible for what happened and they would make that known to the world media. Right. So it started getting, like, frosty. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, 39 hours after this all started, the plane was allowed to take off. Wow. But there was a hitch for the hijackers. Right. Because they're idiots and nothing works for them. The plane was meant to fly to Paris, but because it had been on auxiliary power for 39 hours, they'd worn down all of their fuel. So they didn't have enough fuel to get to Paris. So their plan now was they were going to have to land in Marseille and refuel, refuel, then fly to Paris. They landed at Marseille Province Airport. Um, it was just after 3.30 a.m. when the plane landed. Un- Were they like, we're in Paris? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They knew. They okay. knew that they had to land and then right. take off again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, though, and this is so embarrassing, when they did like take off, the hijackers were like little kids and super excited that they were like taking off and they've probably never been on a plane before so unbeknownst to anyone on board there was a squad waiting to storm the plane when the time was right okay so that squad that had been in Mallorca, they'd flown to oh right Masai and they did the the african government know oh wait where's Masai? in france oh Masai. 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 how do you pronounce it i don't know i don't know show me the spelling marseille oh marseille okay marseille (laughs) Okay, I've just looked up how it's pronounced, and it's Marseille, not Marseille. Okay, my pronunciation does it again. Okay, so Marseille. Okay, okay, okay. Well, so they're in they're in France. They're in France, yes. Yeah. So they can still hold their press conference and do their their bullshit stuff they want to do. Right. So this is this is a good point from you. So this. So anyway, we'll get back to that. So this squad was waiting for them. Their plan wasn't to storm the plane as soon as they landed. What their plan was. So when they first landed, they, you know, how there's the little car that they, the plane sometimes follows. They, they got them to park way away from the terminal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And their plan was to pretend to keep negotiating with them or like, you know, trying to just buy time because mm-hmm. in their minds, these guys have been doing this for 39 hours now or whatever. Yeah. They're going to be exhausted. Yeah. If we can just keep pushing it back and pushing it back, that like the tired they are. Like a war of attrition. Yeah. And they also wanted to wait until after dark if possible because that would give them a tactical advantage as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, hang on, they landed at 3.30? 3.30 a.m., yeah. And but it's not I, dark? No, because they didn't want to storm the plane straight away. But oh, so it's been a couple of hours, so it's starting yeah, to get light again. starting to get light again. Oh, my gosh, so now they're going to wait for another, like, 15 hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, while the plane was in the air, the French government had received some pretty terrifying intel. They'd been informed that the terrorists' actual intention was to detonate the plane above Paris as it came into land. Okay. So, therefore... But you detonate you detonate a plane in the air... Shrapnel is going to rain down and bits of plane and shit like that. But it'll be a fireball. Yeah. 
I think it's partially the, symbolic as well sure, over okay. Paris. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. And, and it, I guess it will land on a building. Yeah, it, it will kill people on the ground. Yeah, um, and those on the plane. And those on the plane, and it's the middle of Paris. It's yeah. going to okay. send a message. All right, all right. Um, so, therefore, the decision was made that after the plane was parked in Marseille, not Marseille, uh, the plane would not take off again, quote, no matter how high the price. Yeah, righto. Yeah. So they had made that decision that even if everything was going wrong. Oh, so hang on. Now the French don't want it to take off. Yeah. No, look, let's not attack the French. They've got a lot of nationals on board. Yeah. And also, like, I don't want to spoil what's going to happen. But they but did a good job. They, yeah, yeah, all right. they, all right. they handled this. Leave the French alone. They get picked on enough. <laughs> um, unbeknownst to the terrorists, the GIGN were ready for them when they landed. In the time that had already elapsed, the unit had been running drills of storming like an exact replica plane. Mm. They'd got this mm. exact plane. They'd yep. done drills that, you know, they'd had Sick. They'd had like two and, days and, to prepare. And sorry, the GIGN, that's the French Special Forces. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So they were well prepared for the real thing. Yep. So, yeah, it gets to the point where it's been nearly 48 hours of this. <laughs> I, have a, I have a flight coming up that's 17 hours and I'm like – I'm I'm terrified, not because of the flight or anything like that. I've got no problems flying. It's the time that How I'm going to be sat on a plane. Yeah. And I'm not a short person. Is that like no stops? No stops, 17 hours. <sighs> Perth to London. At least you don't have to um, worry about a stopover. No, that's right. And that's why I booked it because yeah. like, I fucking hate stopovers. Yeah. So, like a pain in the ass. The but worst. they do allow you to stretch your legs. Yeah, they do sort of get rid of cabin fever a bit. Oh, I'm so scared. Because I don't sleep well on planes. Do you know we've got a 15-hour stopover on the way to Japan? Hey, you can leave the airport. That's what we're thinking. Where, where it's Singapore. Oh, so, sick. Yeah, yeah, we can. In fact, you could probably spend 15 hours in Changi. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I know. I said that to Greg. I was like, yeah. it's a beautiful airport. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. Um, we digress. Yeah. <laughs> so the next hitch in the terrorist plans. <laughs> I just love that they keep getting roadblocks. That's, hmm. that's what's tickling me. Yeah. Um, they ask for a heap of fuel. So they want to fill up the plane. But the Marseille airport are like, that's unnecessary. You're only mm. trying to get to Paris. Why do you need a full tank of fuel? Obviously, yeah, also, it makes sense if, they're tr- if their plan is to up. make yeah. it a fireball. Yeah. Also, I mean, you can't land if you've got too much fuel left on the plane. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why when you and I were on the plane to LA and we had to emergency land in Honolulu, mm. they had to um, jettison fuel because you can't land with a certain amount of fuel on board. I did not know that. I didn't even know that when we were on the plane. Why didn't you tell me that that, that was happening? I assumed that you knew. I, no. I thought you weren't a dummy. I did not know. Obviously, these guys didn't know either. Well, well they, maybe they did know because they because they weren't planning shit. on yeah. landing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, this started a little bit of a um, discussion with them saying, "Well, actually, why do you need to even go to Paris anyway? Because yeah. all the world's media is now here. If you want to have your press conference, have it here." Yeah. So at first, the hijackers agree to a press conference happening. They say it's going to happen on the plane. So they they start like prepping for this. Little did they know, the, there's no way they were going to allow press yeah, onto the plane. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, if it was going to be anyone, it would be the GIGN. Sure. But it it was a good thing for them because what they said was, okay, you need to clear passengers from the front of the plane, get everyone at the back because you need to clear space for all the the press Thanks to come in. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. It's going to be cameras. Put your makeup on, boys. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah. So they, if they did this, it meant that they didn't have to worry about civilians getting caught in the crossfire. Yeah. But they were still trying to kill time. So I think that this must have been like the middle of the day or something. Mm-hmm. They still wanted to wait until nighttime. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the hijackers got impatient and they demanded that the pilot move the plane so they made him move the plane right next to the airport terminal so now they're back to being like fuck if the plane blows up it's going to take half the airport with it well they could i mean they just evacuate the airport they would have evacuated the airport but i think that it was it was still like you know, it's it, uh, yeah, not ideal. Not ideal for sure, yeah. Um, yeah. And they also cracked the shits and said they weren't going to have a press conference anymore and they wanted to fly to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Little babies. Um, so they gave the authorities until 5 p.m. to refu- refuel the plane and allow them to take off. Of course, there was no intention of them refueling the plane. That was never going to happen. 5 p.m. comes and goes. Oh. The main guy chooses the next passenger who's gonna he's gonna kill. It was a member of the crew who had made the unfortunate mistake of telling them that he was an atheist. But this time, the guy, the main terrorist guy, he's hesitant. Apparently, he kept walking back and forth. I don't know if this is true, but somebody remembers him saying, "I don't want to do this," which is interesting. My thought is that he's so tired now that yeah. maybe he's just like he's losing that adrenaline that maybe allowed him to kill those first three people because yeah this stage it would have been over two days that this has been going on for so yeah i think they they the terrorists started to lose it a bit here because they were like they're not they're not doing the things we're asking what we've already killed three people what else can we do aside from blow up the plane so they started reciting prayer over the intercom And they were, like, telling people about, like, how they were all going to be martyrs and stuff. So this started to make people panic because people were like, oh, my God. This is different. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're getting unhinged. important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then they started opening the doors and randomly shooting out of the plane. That's not a good move. It just shows that they're starting to become, like, a bit nuts. Yeah. And then listen to this. They open the door and start shooting at the control tower. So the people in the control tower, like bullets started flying in. So seeing this increase in insanity, the GIGN are given the go-ahead to storm the plane. Now, the way that they did this, and this is crazy because um, you can – so there's actual footage of this because obviously by this stage there's media everywhere Mm -hmm, trained mm -hmm. on the plane. Yeah. I've watched the footage. Yeah. Um, I'm going to show you afterwards. Yeah. And I, if anyone's interested, you can look it up. You don't see anything awful. You don't see any anyone dying or anything. It's just like full-on chaos. Okay. So you see three stair cars quickly drive up to the plane, yeah. two at the rear, one right at the cockpit, drive up super quickly. They open the doors. Um, the first one, the one that was going to go into the cockpit, the door wouldn't open at first. It was jammed, but mm. they, they managed to, like, push it back, get like, it open. Like, this didn't happen in our 35 hours of training. The guy's, like, hanging off it and yeah. then gets back in. Right, right. So they get into the plane, um, and the plan was basically that... This is exciting. Oh, my gosh, yeah. The, the like... It happened imagine, so quickly as well. I can imagine when you're researching this, it's like when you're reading a really crazy book and you're like, you can't read quick enough to it figure was. out what happens. It was. This is another yeah. one of those ones where I had to keep stopping to remember to write things down yeah. because I was getting too like enthralled in what's happening. Mm-hmm. So they had three teams, two at the back, mm-hmm. 
and then one smaller team in the Going cockpit. In the cockpit, yeah. On board, apparently, it was chaos. When when <laughs> yep. they came in, it became sure. absolute chaos. Yep. Uh, there was smoke everywhere because they threw smoke things in, machine gun fire, grenades being let off, yelling, screaming. Passengers who were on board said that they just had to stay as low to the ground yeah. while all of this was happening. They could hear bullets whistling past them. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, the footage from outside, like, you can see – oh, yeah, there was, so – at one point, the co-pilot literally climbs out of the side window and jumps down onto the tarmac. That's like a... A pretty big drop, drop. yep. He was okay. He sort of like staggers off. You can see he's like hurt, but he's he was okay. Then one of the GIGN guys, mm-hmm. he jumps jumps off as well you see one of the gign guys there's like a little explosion he gets thrown out of the plane and then he's like back up again (laughs) you can see flashes happening in the windows you can hear machine gun fire like it is just popping off yeah so yeah i'll show you the the thing and this all happens within minutes um now i'm sure you're going to get to it were there casualties, civilian casualties in this? I will get to that. Okay, all right. Anyway, so another thing the GIGN had done was set up snipers across from where the plane was. But previously, they hadn't had a clear shot of the guy in the cockpit. But once the co-pilot jumped out of the window, they then had a clear shot and they got him. They shot him. So... Sorry, they shot a, a hijacker that was yeah. that was in the cockpit. The, yeah. Yep, the main guy. Oh, okay, yeah. The, like, leader person. Yeah, yeah. Um, meanwhile... Yahoo or whatever his yeah, name was. Yeah, whatever his name was. Meanwhile, the GIGN was starting to evacuate people from the rear of the plane and I quote this Mayday show through a hail of gunfire. <laughs> right, yeah. And you, you see this as well. All the people are sort of coming down, um, yeah. coming down the slides onto the tarmac. Yeah. They're all like piling up at the bottom. <laughs> like, yeah. There's still yeah. gunfire going off yeah. inside. Yeah. So by this time, three of the terrorists were dead. Wow. So there was only one that was left, but he wasn't going down without a fight and he managed to actually keep them at bay for a further 20 minutes. Whoa. Yeah. Finally, a sniper managed to get him because he had come back into the cockpit. So once once this other guy was dead, um, he made his way into the cockpit and then the sniper got him. So all of the terrorists are dead. That sniper, what an MVP. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, we know now with the luxury of hindsight that all the terrorists are dead. But obviously the GIGN at the time had to be careful. They didn't know, like, you they know. They don't know how many terrorists there were on board. I think they, oh, they did, but it was like chaos. They would. It have was known chaos, that, yeah. and the other thing was um, something that these guys had done was put on crew uniforms. Yeah, and okay. So yeah. they they were still being very cautious. Yeah. Um. So the captain and his offsider were still in the cockpit, and the GIGN were suspicious of them. So they mm. come in with their guns up. Um. They hustle the flight engineer off the plane and handcuff him. Mm-hmm. When they get outside, the flight crew are like, "No, no, 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 no. He's mm-hmm. he's he's fine. Like, let him go." the pilot he's a bit of a badass here i don't know if it's stupid or badass i'm going with badass because yeah i I kind of agree with him so the they order him to get up get out of the cockpit with his hands on his head and he responded that he was the captain of this plane and he would leave but he would not be leaving with his hands up and he casually strolled out and he said in the documentary he's like after what we had all been through what i'd been through for two days i was not going to be spoken to like a child (laughs) (laughs) fucking hell and this guy had been shot as well he'd been shot twice right um he was okay what was Um, his name 
His name, I said it at the start. Okay. I'm not going to make you scroll up because <laughs> we'll be here forever. <laughs> oh, no, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll find it. Bernard Dellem. Yeah, that's it. Bernard. Bernard, yeah. Bernie. Bernie. Love him. Have you seen a picture of him? E- yes. Does he look like a dad? That's how I imagine him. Mm, sort of. I'll show you after. Okay. Uh, so anyway, after all of this chaos and gunfire, all of the passengers and crew survived. Uh, except for those ones that were Except for the three yeah. who were killed by the hijackers. Right. But, wow, that is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's miraculous. Yeah. Um, of course, people were injured, but everyone was alive. Nine of the 30 GIGN personnel were wounded, one seriously, yeah. but they all lived. Wow. Yeah. All of them and the crew were given awards for their courage. One of the stewardesses said that for a long time she kept seeing the faces of the three passengers that she hadn't been able to save, mm-hmm. but she said that when she was given the award, she realized that she helped to keep over 100 passengers safe, and mm-hmm. she tries to think about Focus it. on that, yeah. Yeah. It was later confirmed that the plan was to detonate the plane above the Eiffel Tower. Now, I've seen two different things, either above the Eiffel Tower or crash into the Eiffel Tower. Mm -hmm. And it was seven years later that the World Trade Center attacks occurred. So that is the insane story of the 1994 Air France hijacking and a reminder to any would-be terrorists that it ain't going to work out like you think it will. If if there's any listening. Terrorist is like, well, I was going to, but then I listened to this podcast. Yeah, and then, hey, make sure you like, subscribe, review. Yeah, please do. Um, we'll still take a follow. Can I see those videos and those photos? Yeah, yeah, you can. Um, okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Hijacking stories. I mean, horrible for those three people that did lose their lives, but seems like almost best case scenario. Yeah, that terrorist group, are they still operating? I don't know. I don't know if they're still active in Algeria. Um, what are they called? Oh, don't worry. <laughs> it was like Islamist Federation. No. no it wasn't like Islamist State. <laughs> their, their goal was to, to establish an, an, an Islamic state okay. in Algeria. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, they all died. So, <laughs> fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll show you this foot. Oh, it's like nine minutes long. Do you want to watch it, like, after we stop recording? Yeah, sure. Yeah, but I would encourage you to have a look at it because I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. It's insane. But yeah, I um, I think that that's one that, like, I was, when I researched it and watched the video and stuff, I was like, how have I not, how has this not been? Well, it's because you were like four years old. I guess, I guess maybe it was and I just didn't know. They did say in the documentary, though, that very shortly after, like, the world forgot about this Mm. and then when the World Trade Center attacks happened, it kind of brought it back into consciousness. Like, Mm. they were like, oh, remember that Air France attempted hijacking? Well, hijacking. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the flight crew were talking about seeing, like, what happened in... That would have been so traumatic. I mean, it was traumatic for the world, like, regardless of whether you... Even ever been on a plane, mm-hmm. and so for them that must have been. Like... The stewardess said that she was watching it, and she was like, "Is that what was meant to happen to us?" Yeah. And like, yeah, it was. It yeah. was just, just the Eiffel Tower yeah. instead of the World Trade Centers. Yeah, yeah. So that's wow. What's that one, good one. Thanks. Good job. Um, what am I talking about next week? Oh, the Degrucci family murders. Mm, okay, look forward to that one. Please give us a like. Throw throw us a bone. Throw us a like. <laughs> help a couple of sisters out (laughs) anyway that's it all right um we'll see you on the next one catch you on the flip bye